Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm an army wife of over eight years, a mom of four little girls, and a huge believer that being a supportive military or first responder loved one is way easier when you connect with the community. In addition to sharing some of my own insights and journey, I have set out to interview Waiting Warriors around the world so we can all learn together from their triumphs and their struggles. Together, we can do so much more than just survive. We can thrive. And that is what being a waiting warrior is all about. Hey, waiting warriors out there. Welcome to another week on the Waiting Warriors podcast. This week we have, I, I say this a lot, but like, I'm really excited for this guest. This is something <laughs> I've been wanting to talk to for a long time because she's basically me, but just years ahead down the road (laughs) (laughs) down the road um but i love i've loved watching that sounds creepy um but it's instagram that's what we're supposed to right i was gonna say isn't that why we do social media (laughs) Um, but watching her family and watching her journey so welcome to the show stephanie hi everybody i am so happy to be here thanks for having me I'm really excited to have you. So Stephanie is a stay-at-home mom to five girls ranging of age to 14 to five. So she has all, I mean, except for like the newborn phase, but you've definitely done that. But you're in a really really interesting phase. Um, Married for 17 years, the whole time to her soldier, because you guys met at West Point, right? He was a cadet. I was at Baylor. So yes, I met him as a football playing West Point cadet many years ago. (laughs) Um, And you have 16 months of deployment under your belt. Yeah, I was adding it up the other day. And I think it might actually be a little bit higher. Um, Mm -hmm. It might be closer to 70. But let's just say 60 to 70. Yeah, nine deployments. So that's a lot. In Mm -hmm. 17 years, and nine deployments. So how, how much of that was with kids? Okay. So he had, we got married in 2003. So, you know, right when everything, it got real, real fast. Mm -hmm. Um, We were supposed to get married at West Point and he came home from Ranger school and said, I'm going to be deployed when you want to get married. So we kind of planned it in a week. We call it my, our preacher. This is funny. He was like, it's a modern day war wedding or like the shotgun wedding without the baby. Like, you know, <laughs> everyone's like, why do we have to hurry home to this wedding? I'm like, he's just deploying. Like, it's fine. Yeah. So he left that. We got married in March. I finished teaching and moved to Fort Drum. He was gone in June. So he was gone in June. I had no job, no friends, knew nothing about, never been in the snow in my life, knew nothing about being a military wife. So that was our first pre-kid deployment that was 10 months 11 months it was supposed to be like six and got extended as they all did back then I think so I had that one and then we went to Ranger Battalion where we you know he would leave for four and a half months every nine months or so so we had a couple of those before we had Harper Mm -hmm. um so we had one big one and a couple abbreviated special forces type deployments um and then the next big one was the Korangal Valley deployment to Afghanistan in 2000. Sadie was a few months old. So he left when she was four months old, five months old, and came back a year later. So that was the first one. And to this day, the the hardest one. That was a scary, 
I mean, they're not even there anymore. Um, yeah. If you see, if you see Restrepo or Korngal, that was Jimmy and his guys. Like, it was not a good place to be. So, that was the first big one. And then we um, went back and did some Ranger Regiment deployments. Um, and then we had to think through this. Gosh, <laughs> five kids later, um, we did not have one. We had Kate and Lucy. So I had twins, mm -hmm. a three-year-old and a four-year-old, and he was in the Ranger Battalion in Savannah. So had a, quite a few then. Um, and then we had a really big break. Um, yeah. We went to Rhode Island for school. We went to Italy for three years and we never saw him because he worked all the time, but he wasn't, he had like a little Latvia deployment. They went to the Baltic States, like a rapid deployment. Mm -hmm. But other than that, um, the twins and Cora, who was born in Italy, didn't really know deployments until we went to Alaska. Yeah. So we went to Fort Wainwright um, for him to do his battalion command. And at the time, you know, deployment was not even part of the conversation because they, not like anyone's, I always tell young spouses, they're never undeployable. So please don't fall into the trap of saying, my husband isn't deployed. Like that will just jinx you. Um, yeah. But they were, you know, they were saying Wainwright hadn't gotten anywhere in forever and 321 infantry was just going to be, you know, not going to be the situation. And then boom, he goes to Syria and we have very short notice. Uh, goes to Syria. I have five daughters. I'm in Fort Wainwright where it's minus 40 and dark almost all day in the winter. And his few month deployment turned into almost a year. He ended up being gone 323 days, I think. So that's the last one we did. And that so overlapped been, with the pandemic, right? Yes. He was in Syria until July. He came home in July. So pandemic, you know, March, February, right. March, we started figuring that out. So that was a doozy. It was funny because we say we jinxed ourselves because when he left, he was like, it's not the Korangal Valley. Like, we're going to be awesome. We did that. This is going to be nothing. And then like Turkey comes into Syria and they have to flee Syria. And then they're in Iraq. And, you know, <laughs> then, you know, we see on the news that missiles have hit in where they are in Iraq. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you've got to be kidding me. At some point, am I too old for this? <laughs> <laughs> I was better at doing it in my 20s. Um, and in my 40s, I'm much more like, hey, you know, we'll survive, been there, done that. But that uh, some days I'm just like, my eyes twitching and my kids are all yelling. And I'm like, what is happening? But did it, survived it. And now we're back at West Point where it all started, which is pretty cool. So it is, it's, it's pretty <laughs> cute watching everything that you're like, and this is where this happened. And we love this street. And it's, it's a cute place. It's funny because we'll go around post and I'll share pictures on Instagram and some of my fellow West Point girlfriends are like, oh, I think I made out in those bushes. Like they remember all the specific makeout spots from West Point, which makes me laugh really hard. So it's been a really great to see him, you know, uh, the joke is he was, he came to West Point to play football, was great at football, not a great cadet. And now that he is like the superintendent's right-hand man, everyone's like, does the soup know what a crap cadet you are? And he's like, no, and he's not going to know. <laughs> so it's kind of like the big full circle, you know, now he's a uh, almost 20 years into his career and coming back. So anyway, yeah. things are pretty good right now. That's fun. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, this is like such a loaded question, right. but I feel like you'll have a good answer. How do you, how do you keep your sanity? Like you said, you survived. Right. How, how do you do that? How do you go through all of that? Five kids right. um, 
in all these different places, all these different deployments, helping yourself and your kids get through the deployments. Um, but how do you do that and keep your sanity and theirs? I mean, well, it, it ebbs and flows. There's some deployments I look at, and like I talked about it the other day, it's a blur. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I wasn't in a good place. I pretended I was in a good place, but I didn't have family helping me. You know, I didn't have um, an identity outside of my kids, which is when it gets dangerous, when you don't have the things that make you you outside of your precious children. And I just mm -hmm. held on tight. And wasn't in a good place, you know, I might have like found a church I liked that helped me survive or found a, you know, when the twins were little um, in Savannah, I was at the YMCA and I'd work out like twice a day hmm. or I'd work out once a day. Then I'd go sit in the room, you know, in the, the locker room and dr blow dry my hair and just stare at the mirror to get that second hour of free childcare, <laughs> you know? So sometimes that's what got me through. Um, to be totally honest, I have had from one to five sets of eyes watching me at all times. So I don't have the luxury of feeling sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have the luxury of publicly breaking down because I'm modeling resiliency and attitude to my daughters every day. Um, so I always say, you know, I, I want to write a book about five daughters and their adventures when their soldiers gone. We've always called it our adventures. And sometimes it's not so great. Sometimes it was going to Target and having two walking and three in like the double decker roller coaster stroller and like yeah. I'm wearing slippers and my eyes twitching and people are like hmm I'm not real sure she's okay and like I probably wasn't yeah. but it, it you know it's easier now um they're older you know I have two teenagers and it's we really like cling to each other in those situations right it's not as much as me having to take care of everyone as us all loving and taking care of each other now. So mm -hmm. I feel like once you get, you know, when the pandemic hit, we were just, everybody was freaked out, right? We didn't know yeah. what was going on. Um, I was already completely isolated in Alaska. Then add to that, like what the heck is happening? And we talk about that time so fondly. The other day, Harper and Sadie were like, hey, it's almost one year since the pandemic hit. We should like get a giant block of Costco cheese, watch Dawson's Creek and bake every night like we did. Like, let's have, we miss it. Let's have a celebration. And so, you know, it's hard, but a different kind of hard. Yeah. Um, I, it's more, I always tell young spouses, you don't get better at it. So if somebody tells you it's going to get better, you're going to get better. That's, I'm sorry, like that's a flat out lie. Yeah. And that's not productive to anyone. It does not get easier. It's loving someone and missing them does not ever get better. Mm -hmm. However, you get better at faking it is what I always tell spouses, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to crush this. I've got my people. I've got you know, my workout plan or my church or my books or my job. And you just put your head down and you power through. Um, mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of times I can look back and like, it really brings me to tears because I remember just how lonely and out of control I felt in that moment, just mm -hmm. sitting there surrounded by wild and, you know, when I was had the twins, I was sitting in the chair feeding them all day. Like Harper and Sadie were naked, like wild, like matted hair feeding themselves. And I was just like, I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> the only way out is through it. You know, the only yeah. way out is through it. Yeah. And here they are like absolutely crushing being teenagers. They do and say things. I'm like, God, y'all are amazing. Like they are so confident and just, they know they can handle it because they've handled it before. 
Mm-hmm. So there's not one easy answer um, beyond the obvious, like find your thing, find your people. You got to have your people, even if it's your person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just put your head down and pray and power your way through it. And then one day it's just over and you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> and then it's time to start again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how, like, I don't know, this is, it may be a weird question, but it's one. Sorry, can you hear me? Rel- relatable relatable (laughs) been there sorry I don't know how that loud that was for everybody else but um how do so often I know military spouses and I've asked it myself like right I don't want military life to ruin my kids do you know what I mean like because it's hard having your dad gone all the time right your dad I mean one there's the like you missing them but then your dad Mm -hmm. is there for the school plays and right. you're you scoring the I don't know soccer goal or whatever learning right. the thing in gymnastics like all of those things um plus moving and stuff like how do you how do you right. how do you keep all those military things from you know quote unquote ruining your kids because like well, you first families that ha- that does happen right well yours. first you realize that it's mm-hmm. most likely not ruining them it's shaping them um, and that's not to say it's not hard. I'm getting to see it being hard in a whole other way now that I have teenagers. Like, yeah. you think it's hard when your kids are little? Wait till you see them absolutely being ripped away from their friends and having their hearts broken. Um, and it doesn't, it, it's, I think it goes through every parent's mind. Like, is this making them stronger? Will they survive this? Is this, but it was interesting going back to when the pandemic hit, it's like every single person they knew that was not a military kid was like, ah, what do we do? What do we do? Like, we can't do this. Our plans changed. Like this got canceled. We can't see this person. And my kids are just kind of like watching the world fall down around them. Like, welcome to my world. Yeah. You do it, you know? And I, I will say it's going to be interesting to see them as they grow and what they choose for their lives. I think one of them will marry somebody in the military because I'm, I'm just telling you the older ones. I don't know the younger ones yet. One's yeah. going to run as far as she can. She's already yeah. like, nope. And the other one's like, I love it. Um, but to go circle back, like you, first of all, you can't think about if you're going to ruin them because that will drive you insane. You can't change. The, I cannot change the fact that Jimmy Howell is doing what he does, right? Mm-hmm. I've always said this. I can change my reaction and how we choose to face it. We choose to be positive about it. The fact that it's hard and the fact that we get frustrated isn't going to do a damn thing about his job. He's still going to have that job, right? And yeah. so you can either choose, these aren't circumstances we can change right now. This isn't, now this is a conversation we'll re- revisit later and see what we want to do on the next step and if we still mm-hmm. think it's worth it. And so far it absolutely has been. Um, but you have to look at it, especially when they're little. There were so many times I worried like, oh, they're going to remember this forever. They're going to be so scarred. They don't remember, they remember all the really good stuff, right? And, and even when, even when Harper was, I still remember that rapid deployment in Italy. He kind of came home and he was leaving in like two days, right? And Harper, he hadn't been gone for a long time since they, Harper was itty bitty. And she was in like third or fourth grade and she had a big part in the play. And the play was going to happen in a few weeks and he was going to miss it. And so we were in the car telling them he was leaving and I was just steeled for like a total meltdown, right? I, I thought... She was going to start crying and screaming, and I, 
I, Jimmy grabbed my hand later and said, they're, they're like a reflection of who you are and who you've made them to be. And you, you should have like given her more grace and judged her more positively in that moment. Because I told her, and all I heard from this little backseat, her little voice in the backseat was, well, I'm going to miss you, but mommy's going to take lots of pictures and you're going to go do your job and we'll do our job here. And I just bawled. I just went and cried and cried and cried because you never know if you are building your children up, like there was some great analogy I heard that I can never remember something about you're building a boat, right? And you have a big, beautiful, strong boat and you're hoping it can stay afloat even though you keep poking holes in it, right? And that's, that's what I feel like with my kids. I'm like, somehow, despite all of this, you are shining beautiful examples of just strength and grace. And yeah, it sucks. Sometimes we're like, we hate this. And I'm like, I hate it too. Because yeah. it's not productive to have toxic positivity ever. I'm never going to yeah. tell them to not feel the way they feel. Um, however, the trade-off is always worth it for them. And for me, everyone's like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, because I get Jimmy Hout at the end of the day. Like, there is no <laughs> trade-off for me. Like, what else would I do? Go be somewhere stable and not have him? Yeah. It's, it's a non-conversation for me because, you know, everyone's like, y'all are so brave to do that. I'm like, we'd follow him anywhere. We'd mm -hmm. follow him anywhere. Like, Alaska, sure. Captain's career course for four months. Why not? You know, like, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, it's, they are so funny and interesting and strong and different and have the coolest stories because of their upbringing. So for moms of young children, don't like, if they're struggling, have them talk to someone, absolutely give them the help they need. It's a hard thing, yeah. but it doesn't have to define them or ruin them. It's going to just do amazing things for your kids. That you never could have even imagined so and I'm seeing that every day now yeah is that um because you said like we would follow him right anywhere because that means you know why would we leave this because the reward is that we get to be with him is right. that something that you've said out loud and your kids have heard or that your kids say now I'm just curious. oh I'm sure I mean I'm 100% like I'll you know the whole I'll go wherever you go like I'm like I just take me like get the book of Ruth and that is my life like your yeah. people are my people I will go and they know that like th they think it's disgusting that I love him so much and that we still like hold hands because like you're disgusting you're making out I'm like one day you'll realize this is kind of rare yeah. you know it's kind of rare to have someone together this long that's still like so annoying with obsessed with each other and this is your deal like your dad's it for me so yeah if you want to have mom you're gonna have to follow dad <laughs> <You know? laughs> I always say we'll revisit that you know they're coming into high school if we you know we've got a couple years here maybe a third if he can do remote um war college when he's a colonel um and then that might put harper having to do senior year somewhere else so maybe then we have that conversation of do i stay do yeah i don't know i mean i don't know it depends and i cannot spend my time breaking down all the different outcomes of what might happen or i'll go insane so we'll have that conversation in a couple years when you know, we're always willing to make the, yeah. So who knows? Yeah. But I love that idea of it's, it's not going to ruin them. It's going to shape them as long yeah. as you like help them through it. And you acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, you uh, like say, I mean, even whether it's to my teenager saying, yeah, I hear you. That's hard, you know, mm -hmm. or to my five-year-old saying, yeah, we feel big feelings. It's okay to feel big feelings. Like it's the same concept all the way across. I hear you. It's hard. You know, I'm sorry. I really am sorry. How, you know, how can I help you? How can we make, what can we control? Um, is yeah. kind of the conversation you need to have.
So yeah. I'm curious because we have, we have recently had the, this conversation with our girls because my husband's right. supposed to leave. And by the time this airs, he'll be like long gone. So I'm not freaking right or anything. Right. But, um, so we just recently told our girls that he's going to have to leave again. Um, and we don't know how long we don't even know where yet type of a thing. Yep. And my four year old asked, but, but why does daddy have to go? Like, why, right. why does daddy have to be a soldier? What right. has your answer been for that? Cause I'm assuming you've been asked that question. Right. Well, so he usually answers that to them and mm -hmm. he has an answer. That's always like, I do what I do because, um, I believe in our country and I protect the constitution and I protect you. I'm, I'm let, I'm doing this and loving you and protecting you. Um, so the people that don't have to want to do it, don't have to do it like your mom. No, just kidding. Um, but you know, he has a lot of great stories. He has a flag from every deployment that he's worn on his back that he folds and gives to them when he gets home. And they kind of have that, um, as a tangible reminder of what he's doing and why he believes it's important. Um, and we've just always kind of created the culture of what he does is I believe it's a calling. Um, a lot of times I have young moms with young soldiers message me through Instagram and say, what do I do? I don't want him to do this, but he's already done it. Well, first of all, don't tell him that he's already done it. He's a man. He's made the choice or a woman. They're a grown up. Um, but I also believe that, you know, I know you guys are chat. Cha your husband's a chaplain. Yeah. Um, it's a double calling, but I really think it's a calling. I've always yeah. considered it a calling. Um, and it's what your dad was born to do and what he believes in. And it's, you know, that's kind of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause when you think about it that way, it's like, you wouldn't want your dad to do something that he wasn't made to do. Right. Yeah. Like, like you want him sitting behind a desk from nine to five doing insurance. He would be the most miserable human being on earth. When everyone's like, what is he doing when he gets out? I'm like, first of all, we don't talk about that. But when he does, it will never be anything normal or boring. <laughs> One day I caught him like looking at jobs on the CIA website or something years ago. I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to do this to me, aren't you? You're going to do something even crazier that I don't even have like the support of these yeah. other families. But he will never sit at a desk. He would yeah. lose his mind. And they know, I mean, they know that. It's hard. It's hard right now. I mean, in the job he's in right now, he is working even more than he did as a battalion commander, which I did not think was possible. And we are seeing him less. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit like, oh, try, you know, like fighting that bitterness of being snarky, like, oh, nice to see you, but that doesn't help anything. I'm not yeah. gonna change the fact he has to do it. So, um, you know, we just model a lot of, like I said, you can only choose the way you respond to it. He's not changing what he's doing anytime soon. He's always been this crazy, adventure seeking ranger that I never know where he is and what he's doing. And now that I do, I'm still like, <laughs> I mean, heck. Still, so. still just running around crazy. No, and we're just going wherever. All right. It's funny before Alaska, he was like, all right, Stephanie, I'm going to put in my preferences for battalion command. And we're at the point now, it doesn't really matter anymore. Like we can put in the preferences, but they're sending like brigade command. I'm like, he's like, well, how should we rank it? I'm like, I learned my lesson. I don't care. Like they're going to send us where they want us for brigade command. But we had put brag and, you know, we have a lot of family in Cary and in North Carolina. So we were like, oh yeah, this, uh, and a uh, battalion command list came out and he was like, okay, Steph, 
I'm like, you're gonna, I see that look in your eyes. You're gonna do it to me again, aren't you? Like what, I, I know that look on your face, what's happening? And he's like, we're going to Alaska. And I'm like, <laughs> like crazy, like maniacal, like glazed face laugh. And he's like, no, really. I'm like, okay, well at least like Richardson, right? The big city one, Anchorage. And he was like, we're going to Fairbanks. And I was like, oh my sweet baby Jesus. I went in my room and cried for 24 hours and I wouldn't talk to him. And then I came out and I was like, let's do this. Like <laughs> classic Stephanie. <laughs> Give me 24 hours. And I've like got their school research. I know this, mm -hmm. I have a church. He's like, you're insane. But uh, I think, like that's the perfect example of like, like you're not, not supposed to have the feelings. You're yeah. not, not supposed to. Oh no, I didn't hide it. I was pissed. Yeah. I like would not look at him. He still talks about how mad I was. But then I was like, what is the point? I'm yeah. being a giant baby. And I will tell you the older I get, I tell another thing I talk to young spouses about. I'm stressed. I wanted to go here and we're going to go to Polk. I go, I really believe that God has always sent us where we can make the biggest impact. Do I think we made a bigger impact in Fairbanks than we could have at Fort Bragg? Absolutely. And in hindsight, I see that. Um yeah you know, we wanted to go back. Jimmy wanted to go back to the Ranger Battalion as a field grade. That didn't happen. It was pretty devastating. Um, and we ended up going to Italy. Like it, it, there is always a bigger, better and more beautiful plan for us than we could have imagined. Yeah. Uh, and that's in life. I mean, look at my life. I wanted in college, oh, we're going to have a boy and a girl. Like what, first of all, who decides that? Second of all, no. <laughs> I was like, we're going to have one boy and one girl. It's going to be perfect. And he was like, well, maybe three. And I was like, okay, three. So we had Harper and Sadie. He taught me into three. It was twins. So we went from two to four. And I'm like looking around for the, like, I'm like, is like, am I being punked? Like looking for cameras because this is always my life. And then we get to Italy and I keep being like, you know, like four kids, maybe we should, you know, plan surgery. And he's like, that's so permanent. I'm like, five kids will be permanent too. And then boom, like I'm 38 years old <laughs> having Cora in Italy come home with a baby I'm like what <laughs> oh like it's ins it's so funny we always joke she is a product of Prosecco and Cappuccino and thinking you have control over your life when you don't and she's the best I would not change my life for anything but like I never left Texas I went to Baylor. I was in my bubble. All my friends looked like me all my friends felt like me I never challenged myself I did know anything I meet this West Point cadet, and now I'm like, if you would have told me 20 years ago, <laughs> when we moved here, we joked. I said, if we were Trophy Point, we stood right there and kissed. If somebody would have told you, you'll be back here in mm -hmm. 17 years with five daughters, what would you say? And Jimmy's like, I can't beep, beep, beep. Like, I can't repeat it. <laughs> but I think, like, this is just my life. It's not just his job and deployments. Like, I have just absolutely, you have to laugh or you'll cry is my whole life theme. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's yeah. going to be fine. Just try to like buckle up and make it an adventure or you'll go crazy. Yeah. So you cry and then you decide, okay, I don't need to cry anymore. And then you just figure it out and then yeah. make it an adventure. Yeah. I like that. I can do yeah. that. I can do and that. Then, and then you, you know, I, I tell a lot of a lot of young people you're not gonna love everywhere right you're gonna like love your church but the kids don't have a very good school or you're gonna love your house and you don't have any friends right or you're gonna have all the friends in the world and not feel so great about yourself or like it's always a switch off you might have a really great gym but you don't have anyone to talk to 
um, there's always going to be a plus and then some, sometimes more negatives than others about certain places you go. But my God, all the people in Fort Wainwright just, it was miserable. Facebook groups devoted to just complaining. And I just yeah. would say, hey, again, I'm not here for the toxic positivity. I'm not here to say lie about how you feel if you're struggling, yeah. but there is no point in being knowingly negative about circumstances you can't change. Mm -hmm. um, just finding the one thing you do like or the one person you like and just holding on tight and forcing yourself to find the bright side um, was life changing for me, so. So how do you do that with your kids? What, like, what does that look like? I know like maybe specifically like Wainwright, that is dark, right. that is cold. You had a lot of, at that point you had all your kids right. and a deployment and a pandemic. Like, but how do you, or how did you, you know, find that adventure and still find that positive? I'm insanely outgoing. Like when you take Myers-Briggs and you've got the E or the I, right? Jimmy's as far as you can go on the I. And I'm as far, like, bust through the E-wall off the paper. <laughs> and that's me. Um, never been an issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I did not get there during COVID. So I didn't have that challenge. You know, I'd been there for a year and a half before COVID hit. So, um, but I will say as I get older, I have to fight the whole, I'm over it. I'm done. This, I, before we moved here, I said, I'm not even going to try at West Point. Uh, this is the last place. I'm not going to make friends. And my friend Pamela oh. looked at me and she goes, if there is one person in the world that I do not believe that coming out of your mouth, it's you. You will <laughs> never not aggressively make friends. And I was like, mm -hmm. fine, fine. Um, but, you know, it could be as small as like forcing yourself to talk to a neighbor. Um, I planned find It was like find the sun, find the bright side um, socials for the battalion where I would just have the, the ladies and the men get out of their house, bring their babies and let me feed them. You know, I mm -hmm. would have restaurants, donate food and we would just sit and talk. I'd say, you don't even have to talk. Um, but just to be in a room around other grownups, whether that's, you know, again, COVID makes it hard, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting involved in a church or a book club, or I talk to everyone. <laughs> um, I mean, Jimmy jokes that like I get off the elevator with someone. I'm like, here's my new Facebook friend, so-and-so. And like, I tell them, like, not even a joke, like yeah. airplane, people that sit to me in the airplane, I'm still friends with them three years, like good friends with one woman three years later. Um, you have to put yourself out there. You have to get over the discomfort. Um, and just, I, I actually was really impressed yesterday. I got a message on Instagram from um, a a partner of one of the new coaches that's about to come here. And, and she just kind of said, okay, this is going to be weird, but I also love Schitt's Creek. I'm also a reader. I think we like, can we, can we hang out when I get there? Can we go on a walk? I, I, I feel weird, but like, I think we could be friends. You have to do that. Yeah. You have to totally like my big joke is one day I'm going to be in the yard with a sign saying, will you be my friend? Like there's a book I have to find it. It's called, will you be my friend? And Lucy the bear is just trying aggressively to get everyone to be her friend and nobody wants to be her friend. And at the end, she she's around this oasis in the jungle and there's flamingos and she's like, doesn't anybody want to be my friend? It's all capitals across two pages and all the birds are like screaming and taking flight and like mm -hmm. terrified. That's me. Like, I am going to force you. I am going to take it. Not only am I going to force you, but if you don't like me, 
I'm going to take it as a challenge. Like I will hunt you down and force you to like me. I, I can't. So I'm a little different than most people because I'm an aggressive friend hunter and friend maker. So for those people that deal with anxiety and um, being an introvert, I don't have advice for you because I that's yeah. So I don't under I don't understand that. Um, yeah. However, just like embarrass yourself. Whether it's one person that you're like, hey, like like your Instagram feed. Can we have coffee? Like just put yourself out there. And the worst that can happen is that person blows you off and then we're all wearing masks. So like you'll never see them or know who they are again anyway. So who cares? <laughs> it's just make, make a fool out of yourself. Like I really think you're cool. I mean, I have a friend here because you know, it's cold. It's snowing at West Point. We've got COVID. Um, I had a sweet friend just say, okay, I really like you. If we don't make the effort, we're never going to hang out. So let's start walking. And so we would just, you know, go walk. And it's like, I, I think I really like you. You're like auditioning friends, you know? Yeah. But the older you get, I'm like, forget yes. it. You know, who cares? Like, I'm too old yeah. to care what everyone thinks anyway. Like, life's too short to stress about someone liking you or not. So put yourself out there. And then for the ones missing out, if they don't respond, is how I try yeah. to look at it. So if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s, like, Let's do just jump, just jump go for place. it. Like, yeah, I watch my kids. Cora's been coming home from preschool. She's like, I made four new friends today. And then the next day she's like, I made two new friends today. There's only three left. And I go, well, <laughs> there's only three people that I haven't gotten to be my friend yet. And I said, Jimmy, Jimmy said, how do you do it? Act it out. So she walks in and says, hi, let's be friends. And he was like, do you like say my name is Cora? She's like, no. Um, and she said, they all want to be my friend. And I said, of course they do. And I looked at Harper, who's 14. And we said, oh, dear Lord, if only we could let down our walls mm -hmm. and have that childlike enthusiasm and joy and just say to somebody, I really like you. I want to be your friend. I don't want to play games. I don't want to not return texts. I don't want to like cancel plans. I just want to be your friend. And so I try to channel that the older I get. I'm like, I like you. I want to hang out. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it's well received. If it's not, then I'll stalk you. So whatever. We just got to go for full circle. We got to channel in that four to five year old self that yes. just into a room and was like, oh, just don't stop. Just tell somebody I like you. Do you want to be my friend? Mm -hmm. And if they say no, then move on because somebody else will want to be, you know? Yeah. How, how do you, um, what, what did you do with your girls to help them kind of see the the positives of things and making the most out of things? Um, I don't think there's something specific. I mean, I, you know, we, when they were little, we had songs that I would make up and fun stuff we did. I had a daddy loves me to the tune of Jesus loves me that I'd sing whenever he was deployed. And mm -hmm. we do all kind of fun things, but there's not one thing. Um, it's me just living with positivity and intention and joy for almost 15 years of parenthood. Um, and if you do things like that intentionally and authentically, not in a fake way, you know, not like, I'm so happy. Like, they see me cry. They see me cry. We have got on the couch. Like, when Jimmy left for Syria, we, I, the picture brings tears to my eyes every time I look at it. We got back in the car and we cried, all of us, all six of us cried so hard that it turned into that, like, hysterical laughter because we were so embarrassed at how hard we were crying. And I have a picture of that moment. And we look at it and we're like, I mean, we cry together. We climb in bed and snuggle. And feel yucky together. Um, yeah. And we acknowledge, acknowledge those moments too. So I think it would be living with joy, but also acknowledging the sorrow. Um, mm -hmm. But it's just our life. 
it's not specific things I do. That's just, that's it around here. Yeah. You know, I, I will absolutely sit with you and your sadness and your discomfort, but when it turns into wallowing and pity partying, then I'm not, we're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to move. So, gonna move get, forward. Yeah. I mean, the only, like how many times have I told them the only way out is through it. Mm-hmm. You just got to go through it. It's like when Harper gets, or Sandy gets a migraine, it's the same thing. Like, I am so sorry. I, I know what you're about to go through and my heart is broken for you, but there's nothing we can do to stop it right now. There's nothing we can do. We can get through it and into the other side. And it's kind of the same thing. Like we can't change these circumstances. Like I keep saying, we can only, like, what do we tell our kids? You can't control the way someone else treats you, right? You can't control the way so-and-so is going to, but you can control how you choose to respond to it. And it's just kind of like a life thing. That is life. (laughs) Right? I mean, you can certainly throw a big fit and feel sorry for yourself, but it's not going to make it any more fun. It's not going to make it any more fun. Yeah, that's true. Um, last question. What is your key to thriving that you'd want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Okay. My key to thriving. Let me think about this. It's a really good question. It's funny because last year I kept saying, Hashtag surviving, not thriving. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. I'm not thriving. I am not blooming where I'm planted right now. I am stay stagnant. This was at Fort Wayne, right? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, it would just be going back to the finding a sliver of joy and choosing that joy. Um, I always tell my girls and I tell myself, be a fountain, not a drain. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a big part of, surviving and then thriving has been connecting with others and encouraging them and sharing that light. Um, and, but I mean, it's all kinds of light for me, right? Like I'm trying to think of the right way to put it for me, I'm a Christian. And so mm-hmm. that is how I find my light and my joy and my mm-hmm. silver lining. And I'm not even necessarily talking about, you know, being evangelical with people like, let me share the light. No, but there's a joy that comes out of me. And there is a light that comes out of me that I can spread to others by loving and encouraging them well. And that mm-hmm. includes my daughters too. And that is how, you know, I remember when I was turning 40 a few years ago, <laughs> I was like, oh, everyone in society like says it's so bad to turn 40. I was feeling kind of down. Like, am I supposed to feel... And I was being ridiculous, right? And then Hurricane Harvey hit Houston. I grew up, I was born and raised in Houston. And I was like, I'm going to turn this around and I'm going to have a fundraiser for Houston instead, right? So on my 40th birthday, instead of having a pity party to tell how old I was, which is ridiculous now that I'm 43, I don't even know. I, I put that energy into sharing positivity and light and encouragement. And I think that whenever you're feeling sorry for yourself, you know, what's that saying? I heard... I was taking a Peloton class the other day and I was annoyed because it was a Robin class and I love her, but she's just so like relentlessly positive. And I was like, oh, I just wanted to do like a 20 minute recovery ride. Like I don't need to be raw rod. And then she said something about like where you are now, think about when you dreamed or prayed or wished of being, having what you have now or Mm -hmm. being where you are now. Um, and, and taking that and turning it around and focusing on spreading joy and light and love will help when you're feeling like you're stagnant or like you are surviving and not thriving. Um, so do that, connect, take any connection you can get 
if it is one friend in the FRG, if it is your battle buddy, if it is one person that you can reach out to on Instagram and say, this is horrible and I hate it. And they'll say, I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. You got to have your got to have your people. That's another, I tell that to young, young spouses think they don't need that now because on the internet, you feel like you have connections with people. Um, and you can kind of like break engagements and not show up for stuff and hide behind your screen. And you still feel like you have lots of friends. I'm like, you got to have a person. You've Mm got to put yourself out there and have a person. Um, so find a person and then just I mean, I don't, sometimes you just have to laugh at yourself. Listen, you're not going to thrive all the time. And I do want to yeah. say, I do want to circle back to that and say to young spouses, you are not going to thrive. Sometimes you're absolutely, I call it survival mode. You are deep in survival mode. Mm-hmm. Somebody's out there telling you, oh, I remember when my husband was a young lieutenant and it was the best, just love it, enjoy it. Or I remember when I had those babies and I wish I could go back. And you're thinking, if you tell me to carpe the freaking DM one more time, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you. I'm going to get a shank and cut you like your throat because you're so done. And guys, it's going to be like that sometimes. That does not mean you're less of a mom or a military spouse, because I will tell you, like, my husband's about to be a freaking colonel and I am a disaster. Like I am not always thriving. Admit you're not thriving. Do the best you can to get through it. And then, you know, one day you'll you'll look back and be like, oh, I vaguely remember that. It's just a blur, but you know, I don't, it's okay. It's okay to not have beautiful, precious, thriving moments in this life. Yeah. It doesn't make you less of a, no, oh my gosh. Sometimes you feel like you aren't even surviving. And again, that doesn't make you any less of a woman or a mom or a spouse. Like it's, I think it's even more important to admit to each other. Hey, I'm not doing so great either. I'm having a really, you know, that was really powerful for me. People expect the boss's wife, the battalion commander's wife. I I certainly had run into enough in my life that were always perfectly polished and put together and said things to me like, oh, don't worry. When your children are older, you'll look like me too. I was a mess when I was your age too. And they would just, I remember being like, who is this? Right? Like, why does she have the power to make me feel this way? There's a certain misperception and stereotype of senior officer spouses. It's there for a reason. Um, I work pretty hard at breaking that down and just saying, I absolutely struggle too. Nine deployments in almost 20 years of marriage. I, I'm not doing great either. And, and there's power in that and seeing young women and men's eyes kind of light up when I say that um, because they've never had anyone be on anyone senior yeah be honest with them like that before um has been really I, I think empowering and enlightening to a lot of you my young friends so yeah yeah I think it is because it's like I don't, like you said like we don't need to wallow we don't yeah. need to to be stuck in it and sit in it forever but right. that doesn't mean it doesn't exist and that yeah that doesn't mean you don't acknowledge it yeah. that's just damaging you know, it's damaging to not acknowledge it and to not speak it and not to name it and not to admit it. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't, you know, that does, like I said earlier, when senior spouses be like, oh, it gets better. Like, that's just, it's a flat out disservice. It's yeah. a flat out disservice to say those things. It is absolutely hard. It is hard. And sometimes it will be terrible and unbearable and you think you can't do it for one more day. But um, it absolutely does, you know. I'm, I'm talking about deployments here, but just military life in general, it, it's, it gets, you know, it ebbs and flows. It's hard. It's really, really hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so last 
last question. I know we've mentioned your- I your, could talk forever, so. This <laughs> <laughs> is the last real question about the topic, but okay. we've mentioned your Instagram. What is that Instagram and is that the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, so I, yeah, I blogged for about 15 years. That's still there. That's just stephaniehowell.com. Um, I'm kind of trying to start writing there a little bit more. Um, I could tell I was missing it because my latest few Instagram posts are like mini blog posts anyway. I'm like, maybe I should go back. But yeah, my Instagram is at Stephanie Howell. Um, I'm really responsive to, well, I will tell you this. I'm not great with the others folder or the like others DMs. There's mm -hmm. like hundreds in there, but there is an email me link through my profile. And I like never have more than three emails in my inbox. I'm like kind of obsessive about it. Um, I really love connecting and encouraging. And, you know, I've even given my phone number to people to text or call me a hundred percent, but Instagram's a great place to go to find me for that. So, yeah. Yep. And even if you don't email her, which you can obviously, but right. just following and like, I don't know, I think you get a lot of not, not just like motivation and, but you get validation and laugh. connection. Yeah. Absolutely. Connection. connection. Yeah. Like even yeah. if you read within the comments, when I talk about something, mm -hmm. the connections that I see there and, you know, somebody saying, Oh, thank God. I think this all the time. And I thought there was something wrong with me. Right. I'm struggling. Yeah. Like it's not always wonderful being a young mom. And I feel like nobody ever talks about that. I mean, just even um, within the comments are such a good community and connection of just really, truly, genuinely caring and compassionate people. So, yeah. 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 Go check it out because it's really awesome. <laughs> Thank you. In my, my humble, humble. <laughs> Thank you. That's really sweet. Um. So thanks. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for coming on the show. I know it's it's just always good to hear from more seasoned people, people who are right. a few years ahead of you, um, but also just how, how you are and how you do talk about it and acknowledge everything. I was going to say, I think there needs to be yeah. more of that. One of my goals yeah. is like when you go to like a pre-command course before battalion command, there's some great like general spouses and senior spouses and it's very proper and, you know, like great and cut and dry, but like we need more people that talk about it with mm -hmm. transparency and humor. Um, yeah. And so what am I, I'm like, I don't even know how to go about it, but I'm always like, I want to start speaking at those things. They need more people that are like, kind of like borderline inappropriate, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, it's okay to have a sense of humor about this life because it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think that's important for more people to talk about it in an honest mm -hmm. way. So hopefully we'll see one day. So It'll be a revolution. <laughs> I, well, I think I think there are spouses who are slowly changing it. Like a, yep. a past episode, I don't even know what number mm -hmm. it would have been. At least a year ago, Amy Upgraft. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's I'm she's really a familiar. lot like you. Like she's like, no, I'm a. I'm a colonel's wife who shows up right. to things in cowboy boots and yeah. my jean jacket. Like I'm not going to wear the, the blazer or whatever. And I'm going right. to talk about when things are hard and right. Yeah. I think I'd love to see more of it. I would love to see yeah. more like Lieutenant colonels, colonels and general's wives, just kind of talking openly about, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that's going to shift kind of as everything you know, but that's just kind of how the world's getting now. Like yeah. we don't have patience for perfection. I don't, I don't need to see perfection. Um, that doesn't 
encourage me. If anything, yeah. it makes me feel the other way. Um, mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think it's important to tell those stories about awkward things you did and said and mistakes you made. And hey, guess what? We're still here and he's doing just fine in his career. Like yeah. I didn't ruin anything, you know? <laughs> but that's another conversation. If you have another episode about like, awkward ways you mess up invite me I'm, I'm there for it I could fill the whole episode we that is actually a really good idea I should do that I would I would totally do it so hey I could talk for like 20 of these can you tell I'm not around a ton yeah. of adults so thank you for inviting me <laughs> I really appreciate it why do you think I do a podcast I got four littles downstairs oh. and I don't get adult conversations so I know I do it online it works at least for well, me. I really I really enjoyed it thanks for having me course anytime when warriors remember just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable have a good week guys if you love red friday remember everyone deployed but are like me and not totally loving everything you're seeing online or at the px i would love for you to check out my red friday design You can see them quickly. There's a link in my bio that just says Red Friday t-shirts. There's a shop button on the website, thewaitingwarriors.com, or there's a quick link in the show notes. There are shapes and sizes and styles for everyone from father-in-law to the dog. Enjoy.